Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 17 of Drunk Confessions. I'm your host, Mia, Mio, Big Mio, sometimes Maya, sometimes a mischievous independent asshole, really whatever you want to call me at this point. Realize that we never did a sweet 16 for our 16th episode, so welcome to sweet 17, baby. And since it's just me today, it doesn't get much sweeter than that. Intro, now. (laughs) I'd like to start this episode off by explaining that, yes, it's true. The rumors are true. I am looking for a new co-host. I am looking for somebody between the ages of 24 to 30. They are considerate and they care about the time that the other person has taken out of their day, has carved out of their time schedule to put in the work for things that matter to them. So yeah, if you're somebody between those ages and is willing to work for what they want, uh, hit me up. I'm kidding. Gabe's just tired, so I told him that I could do it alone. He'll be back next week, but who knows, really, you know, at this point? Maybe he won't. Maybe that rumor is not just a rumor. Maybe I will be looking for somebody. Gabe, if you're listening, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're my co-host. Anyways, who's fucking excited? There's so much shit happening all over the world, all over the city, and all over my brain. I feel like I've got all the time in the world. I've got my water beside me so that when my mouth gets parched, I just take a fat sip and I can just go and go and go. I even charged my laptop for this. Okay, (laughs) I've recorded this already three times, but I keep missing things and it's unorganized. So this is my final fucking try. I want to talk about drinking. Drinking is bad. (laughs) So before I get into it, I just want to say, okay, yes, Drunk Confessions is our name. It's the title of our podcast. It's our brand. When we post pictures on Instagram, we're drinking, we're trying out different tequilas, we're having fun, we're partying, we're with people, we're having fun. We are showcasing the highlights of drinking and we are promoting alcohol all the time. We have fake alcohol brand deals in every episode with Bud Light, with Landshark, with all these fucking names. Yes, we are promoting alcohol. And with that, I just want to say that that is not who we are 24-7. I'm not drinking all of the time. I'm not drinking in half the episodes that we record. Neither is Gabe. We've recorded multiple episodes of us just drinking water or fucking lemonade and just chilling out. Okay, we're not drunk in every single episode. That's just a funny name that we came up with. Everybody drinks, they get drunk, they do stupid shit, and they confess. And now you guys are confessing to us, which is fucking dope. But anyways, yes, I just want to say as a disclaimer, we are not always drinking. Although it is our brand, it's just a funny name, it's a funny title, but it's not who we are as people down to the core. Okay? Okay. So, I want to start the segment off with just a little fun story about me. When I was 13, my parents went away for the weekend for the first time ever. And my brother and I were home alone. So as teenagers do, he invited his girlfriend over. I invited my cousin slash friends over. You know those? We all have them. And we had bottles of strawberry wine and we fucking 
killed them. It destroyed. And I was drunk. A little 13-year-old wobbling around my house looking for pieces of plain whole wheat toast just fucking hammered. And eight years later, not much has changed. And just this past weekend, my friends came downtown. We went out. We went bar hopping. Came home. Had an everything bagel, toasted, cream cheese, and threw up until fucking three in the morning. Eight years of drinking. Eight. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but basically all of my adult life so far, all of my good memories, all of my bad memories, all of my fucking stories have come from drinking. And I think personally that's a problem. Do you? Because I do. That gets me into why it's a problem. I feel like I'm writing a fucking paper here, but stay with me, okay? It's a problem for three main reasons. So the first one is social media. And I talk about social media a lot, and I sure did in my most recent solo episode, okay? Episode 13. Social media is weird because... On Twitter especially, you can hate so many things. Cancel cultures out there. You can just fucking absolutely dehumanize a person. You can make them feel like shit. You can just make them disappear. You don't like what they say? Fuck it. Get a herd of your people together and cancel them. But that's also so contradictive because Twitter is such a place that normalizes everything. You can be on Twitter scrolling for about half an hour and find 4,000 different tweets with little star emojis that say normalize this or normalize that. And it's like, why? Why do we have to normalize something that you just have to fucking go to therapy for and fix your own issues? When you make a post on Twitter and it goes viral, that means that there are thousands of people who think like you. And then when there's thousands of people who think like somebody else, you want to think like them too. So you're internalizing all of this information that you see. Think like this. Normalize this. Don't do that. And you start thinking to yourself, okay, so with drinking, if I, if the tweet saying do what you want to do, don't let anybody stop you, normalize not letting others get to you, normalize making your own decisions, and you mix that with drinking, you're fucked. There is no way that you're getting out of that. If you want to drink five out of seven days of the week, and Twitter's saying it's okay, and everybody, all of your friends on Twitter and all of these fucking viral tweets are saying that it's cool, you're going to probably think it's cool too, and you're not going to have a problem with it. You're going to do it because you have the safety net of thousands of people who think like you, because nobody can stop you. So that's where there's such a divide on Twitter. It's like you can do something and you can't, or you should do something, then you shouldn't. So you don't know where to fucking... Yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know. That's just, it's fucked up. And it, I can't even speak about it because I have no words. But with all of social media, and we spend hours on our phone a day, yeah, like whether we like it or not, subconsciously, we're going to start believing this shit. <sighs> well, that was really tough to get through. <laughs> okay, secondly, I work in the service industry. And only now am I starting to see TikToks about this. But the way that we live while working in the service industry is so bloody unhealthy. It's bloody mad, isn't it? It's actually fucked. So not so much with my current job, but more so with my past job where I met a lot of my long-term downtown friends. We would work four out of seven days of the week and drink on the job. We were more than fucking welcome to do that. 
If a table wanted to have shots with us, sure. If somebody had some extra champagne left in their bottle, take it to the back, finish it. Absolutely. Managers didn't care as long as we were fucking making money and being responsible. They didn't care. So we were drinking already four out of seven days of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday roll around. Oh, fucking lucky. Those are our days off. Let's get fucking wild. You message your friends. You message the group chat. Everybody's ready to go. We're down. We go to the bars. Everybody knows our fucking names. We know the names of the bartenders. They give us free shit. We're not spending that much money. And we leave the bar stuttering and wobbling. And I feel like my 13-year-old self again, drunk in my basement off strawberry wine, not knowing what to do. Seven days a week. There were months where I said I drank every single day this month. That's bad. And nobody talks about it. Nobody stopped to think, hey, I just worked for four days and drank those four days. So maybe on my day off, that should literally be a day off. No, it was work hard and play even motherfucking harder. Instead, the only thing that's harped on is, holy fuck, let's get through a shift. Let's get our shit and go to the nearest bar to get our triple margaritas and forget about the day. Thank you, the dime, for the triple margarita. Such a bargain. It's a great deal. They're delicious. There's no salt on the rim, just how I like it. Perfect. So there's one side. But then there's the complete opposite side where let's say you don't want to drink. You're either an outcast. You're being bullied, basically, all the time that you want to go out with these people. Why aren't you drinking? Come on, just take one shot. Come on, you're being so boring. Or you just don't go. And then if you don't go long enough, you stop getting invited. So those are your options, okay? You either drink or you don't go. The last thing that I want to talk about before I get into why drinking is bad is the marketing and advertisement that goes into it. If you're on your phone right now, which I'm guessing you are because you're listening to me speak, thank you, go search up a Heineken ad or a Corona ad or a fucking Bud Light ad or anything, any beer. All of these ads are sexy people and they're having a lot of fun together. And what's making them have so much fun? Liquor, alcohol, beer, wine, vodka. Doesn't fucking matter. It's the alcohol that has to be so much fun. You grow up around adults who are constantly drinking around you, but say, no, 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 you're not old enough to drink yet. I know you really want to because we're having so much fun, but not yet. Alcohol is a rite of passage. It's something that the adults do. It's something that young people look forward to taking part of. And these companies are capitalizing on that. They take our young minds and they say, oh, you want to have fun? Look at all these older people having fun. Can you just not wait for that? Aren't you so excited to be a part of that? What a disaster, really. Because that's how I saw it. When I was younger and I saw these commercials or I saw my aunts and uncles or whoever drinking or even my older brother, I was like, man, I can't wait until I can have a beer or Omar, please give me a sip, something, anything to feel a part of the moment. I just wanted to be a part of it. Drinking is an inclusive sport and you just want to play. Slowly but surely, I am wanting to not drink more and more. I have absolutely no need to want to spend $70 at a bar only to go home and throw it up. 
or to not like the taste of what I'm drinking. Can we stop lying about liking Negronis? Because I think actually I did like them for a few months. But stop it. Stop ordering them all the time. They're not good. It's th- it's all alcohol. Like there's no... M- Maybe I'm not an adult. I- See? Oh my god. I'm proving my own point. I'm crazy. Drinking is a depressant. Welcome to health class. Drinking does not make you feel good. It may in the moment. But the next morning, I personally get such bad anxiety from drinking and I don't think this is talked about enough or harped on enough or exposed enough because I have talked to plenty of people especially in the last week about drinking and how they feel like shit the next day for hours and hours or days or even until they see the people they drink with again who can reassure them that nah dude it's fine I was just drinking too I was fucked up too will they feel better I will wake up nauseous still my head's spinning, I'm hungry, but I can't keep anything down, and then I'm worried. I'm so worried. I have all these thoughts in my head. What did I talk about? Who did I talk to? Who did I tell my secrets to? Why did I tell them about the story of me losing my virginity? Did I tell that to my chef? What does my chef think of me now? What is he going to say the next time I walk into work? What did everybody else say? Was I the only one talking like that? How much did I drink? Did I drink less than everybody but still get more fucked up? Oh my god, I must have made myself look like such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. That's what every single internal conversation I have with myself is. That's what my entire my entire internal dialogue, that's what it is for the next day after drinking. It's, it's a feeling, honestly, that I would never wish upon anybody. And I remember my mom would tell me she'd feel so guilty the next day after drinking. And I'm like, why? Like, what? You didn't do anything. She's like, I know, but like, I actually couldn't sleep. And only now do I feel like that. Where I actually can't sleep. I can't look at the photos that we took. I'm like, ew, I was so annoying last night. Like, I don't like that. So I've cut, like, honestly, I've been cutting down on my drinking because I cannot handle with the post- fucking trauma that comes with it it's traumatic to feel like that to feel so uncertain and like just so down about yourself and have no self-confidence the next day for what to throw up in a toilet and take some good selfies with people that you barely know was it worth it it doesn't feel worth it to me lately it really doesn't and with that I just find that drinking has crawled its way into everything that I do And I have fallen victim to being the perpetrator of this, where we will just be going out to dinner or going to play mini golf or going to the fucking drive-in. And the thought enters my head, should we drink? What are we drinking? When are we going to go to the LCBO? Do I have liquor in my fridge? Every single time. My friend and I last night were planning a bike trip. I'm like, oh, dope. And then we'll like go to the beach and drink. And she's like, oh, I'm not really drinking. I'm like, yeah, me neither. I don't know why I said that. Like, so, like, it's just, it's deeply ingrained into my thoughts. And drinking is part of an occasion. I I believe it. I believe it down to my core. These advertisements are so correct. Either we started it or they started it and we believe them. I don't know. I know that it's an addictive substance. And I know that 89% of people that I ask who drink won't say that they have a problem. Even if they drink by themselves, even if they drink every single weekend, no, we're young, we have good health, we're fine. It's just something that people do in their 20s and their 30s. But what if it's not? 
That's scary. Right? I don't know, guys. I don't mean to bum you out. I just think that this conversation needs to happen. I think that drinking is bad. And I don't really want to do it right now. And I'm lucky to have people in my life that don't need to drink all the time. And, and honestly, just a piece of advice. If your friends don't want to hang out with you because you're not drinking, those are not your friends, love. All right? All right, let's move on. <clears throat> so this is turning into quite the somber episode, but on that note of things that people don't talk about enough, I want to talk about service industry Uh, specifically serving, (laughs) waitressing or bartending, busing, hosting, managing, whatever. People who work in restaurants and how fucked that job is. When I tell you it takes me, like if I have a shift at 12, I need to be up at 830. I need at least two hours to prepare mentally for the day that I'm going to have. And I'm not exaggerating or being extra. Even if I have an evening shift and I have to start at 7 o'clock and somebody wants to go get lunch with me during the day, I can't go. I'm too busy staring at the clock, counting down the hours until I have to get ready. That's how anxious I am. My hands are shaking from the moment I wake up until I deliver my first glass. And then I will stop myself and say, look, Mia, this is the moment that we were dreading and it's almost over. You've had a great shift. You made a lot of money. Nothing went wrong. I leave on a high. I'm fucking chilling. I come home. I'm watching Grey's Anatomy, and then it hits me again. Fuck. I have to work tomorrow. Okay, so I'm a server. So as a server, it's not just physically draining, it's mentally draining as well. So physically, you're working anywhere between 8 to 10 hours without a meal. I mean, where I work now, pretty responsible, but places that I've worked before, it's not a conversation that you have. It's not time that you're taking out of your day. You don't have a 15-minute window or a 30-minute paid lunch break it's not a thing you just don't eat you bring something you order when you can if the chefs or if the kitchen's not busy and you'll have like a plate of fries maybe maybe like I've made it a priority now to be drinking water during my shifts but I've gone shifts with drinking like half a glass of water and at the end of the day I'm like whoa also you're fucking doing kilometers baby I've done shifts working 20,000 steps, 25,000 steps, and you're not sitting down. You're walking all day. Fast. You ever see how quickly servers walk? So that's basically physical. You're not really taking care of yourself. Any server will know this. You're trying. It's just not, you just can't really most of the time. And then mentally. So Okay, yes, I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy, and I know serving is so low on the scale of fucking hard jobs compared to, like, brain surgery, but nonetheless, it's still hard. So from the moment you go into work to the moment you leave, you're constantly... Just think of yourself as being stressed for eight hours straight. Stressed to the nines. There's a reason we call it being in the weeds. You're weeded. You're busy. You are overloaded. You're fucked, basically. You have one manager that's power tripping. You have a chef who doesn't even want to fucking look at you. Bartender doesn't want to talk to you. Stop fucking modifying all the drinks and just stick to the menu, you bitches. You have like 800 things on your mind. You have like eight tables that you need to serve at a time. You're just trying to organize in your head constantly what's highest priority to lowest priority. 
all day long. You're sweating because you're wearing a mask. I don't even know my mustache could fucking sweat. It is. You're walking. You haven't peed. You haven't drank any water. You haven't eaten. And then tables dehumanize you, terrorize you. They will break you down and call you any name in the book. They will make you feel as though you were the chosen one of the night to fucking despise, to say that this was the worst service of their life, that they wish they never had you as a server. They won't even look you in the eye. They'll have a $600 bill, try and get half of it comped because they weren't happy with their service. There was a hair in their nachos and their beer was warm. Not your fault, but they're taking it out on you. And then they don't tip you a dime. So at the end of the night, when you think you were going to make so much money and then you realize you have to tip out on that table, even though you didn't make anything, you are paying to serve them. And no matter what, you are giving service with a smile, baby. And I am so happy to be employed somewhere where managers have our back, where they advocate for us, where they want to know the full story before putting the blame just on us. Because there are places where managers are nowhere to be found when shit hits the fan. And I'm telling you, even if serving is just a part-time job, even if it is just taking an order and delivering it to a table... It can be so toxic and it can take such a toll on you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, on your health, on your drinking habits, on experimenting with drugs, on whatever it may be. There needs to be more of a conversation surrounding this. I want my fellow service industry people to know that you're not alone, that there are people who feel like this and people who know that this job can be overwhelming and scary sometimes. Holy moly me, oh my. I didn't even know I had that in me. But there it is. That's the hard truth. And we had to talk about it. But on a happier note, let's get into some confessions. This week's prompt was something bad or something that you've done while being outside. So, majority of the people opted to tell me something sexual they've done. And baby, like, that was that was something. Thank you for that. You guys are really fucking horny. However, I did get one that was kind of out of the norm. Disgusting. I loved it. So the original confession that somebody sent me was, was trying to pee outside of an after hours and while drenching my shoe, cop cars pulled up. But then somebody replied to that. Her name is Natalie. And she said, OMG, this reminds me of a time when I was 18 and we were all going out somewhere and we were walking but I really had to poop, so I stopped between two parked cars and extremely quickly pooped and, like nothing ever happened, followed my friends to the club. Natalie, that's fucking disgusting! Is it iconic a little bit? Yes. You fucking dirty birdie. Ew, bitch, what did you wipe with? Did you have wet wipes on hand? Like, what? (laughs) Where did you shit your pants? And why was everybody okay with that? And did you hook up with anybody after? Like, what? Oh, my God. That's kind of fucking fantastic, I thought. Thank you, Natalie. Next. This one is from my girl. We'll call her Big H, okay? So we were high on M. It was summer. I was in a tiny little dress from the night before, makeup smeared. And we were looking for the booster juice on college. They weren't open yet, so we decided to wait across the street on the steps of UFT. 
We were admiring how beautiful the grass and the trees and the squirrels were when we noticed how many empty wrappers and cups and stuff were thrown out. It made us so sad we started to cry. But then we held hands and decided to clean it up together and restore nature's beauty. So we ran around and picked up everything and we could throw it all in the nearest bins. There were students and profs on their way to work and school walking right past us, obviously watching. We were very happy with our lawn beautification and we went and got our smoothies and walked home. Big H, this was a fucking wholesome story. Besides the fact that you were high on M, fucking hats off to you. Love that you ended it off with a smoothie. I'm proud of you. That's fucking amazing. Thank you. Anywho, into me. Into me. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. This isn't really outside. I mean, it's a mix of both. I was outside of my house, if that counts. But I was at a club. It was New Year's. I was with all of my friends. We were dancing. It was after the countdown. We're on the dance floor, and I bend down to retie one of my shoes. I'm with Gabe, Father Larry himself, and he's flailing his arms and legs all about. We're having a great time. Until he swings his right leg back, and as if he's about to score the winning goal of the World Cup for Team Brazil drop kicks me to the head with so much power and force we immediately leave the club I'm in and out of consciousness I thought I was just drunk we get back to my place I fell asleep outside of my door I was locked out I forgot my keys I was so concussed I was so fucking concussed it wasn't even funny I had to make up a lie to my parents because I can't say Gabe just fucking knocked me in the head because what the hell I'm okay now, I think. Um, It's just, you know, like, the pain that comes from from that. It's traumatic. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know this episode isn't, like, our most recent funny, lighthearted ones. But again, these conversations need to happen. Any reviews or ratings on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or SoundCloud are so appreciated. You can find us on Drunk Confessions Podcast on Instagram. We love you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next Monday, motherfuckers.